Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. The Peyton Jones. The one and only Peyton Jones. In the Flefneth. <laughs> I don't know if I... Yeah, I think I did tell you this. I was talking with Janos, who is uh, Joey Roper's right-hand guy. I was talking with him this last week. The and Joey Roper's right-hand guy? The Joey Roper that does actually exist over in Germany. And, you can uh, see his business card. Hi, I'm Janos. Joey Rope, right-hand guy. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> well, what's funny is Janos is always like, well, you know, you guys are always talking about the church planner, but what about me? Do you know how much work I do? <laughs> it's awesome. You know, it, it's funny because if you're a listener to this podcast, there are just certain people we pick on, and we don't even know Joey. Um, Joey wrote a comment in once, and he just became our whipping boy. He really did. But we love Joey. We yeah. love having a whipping boy. So anyway, Janos was like, um, yeah, Joey's going to be really upset about your last podcast because it was like 50 minutes of joking and 10 minutes of content. <laughs> you know, I was listening to that podcast yesterday, and it's funny because I don't remember half of what we say. We do this show. And so I'm listening to it going, man. Like, okay, the topic is what is discipleship or how do you disciple? And uh, Pete, I swear to you, man, we we had good content on there, but we were doing our own <laughs> sound effects because your sound effect machine broke. So we're making, and and I think we got more consumed making our own sound effects the whole show. Check, please. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, and the funny thing is, is that the content was really good, but I, I think we set a new, if you didn't listen to that, what was it? Number 81. I don't know. Yeah. It's the one about discipleship or making disciples. Oh that, that was, that was, that one's a classic. I'm sorry, but that's a classic. Yeah, that was pretty good. I, I had fun on that one. And again, the sound machines down. See what happened is I used to record the podcast on a zoom and for some reason, like we did one of our podcasts and it didn't record. Like, I don't know what happened, but it was just gone. And I, I mean, I was checking it the whole time, you know, making sure everything's working and it was working correctly. Then all of a sudden it just wasn't there, the file, which, you know, ironically, um, I've come to expect little things like that when we do the podcast. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, spiritual warfare or whatever, but there's always something yeah. that seems to go wrong. So I was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe that was just one of those things. And so we had to redo that one. And then um, I do a podcast with uh, one of my clients. 
she trains real estate agents. And so every Monday we do a, a podcast on marketing for real estate agents. So she's always interviewing me on how to uh, market and get clients and things like that. And she and I did a great one. And again, it like lost the file. Actually, that one, it just corrupted the file. So then I was like, okay, there's a problem with the the Zoom. So I had to put this other program on my computer so I could record it on the actual computer and not use the Zoom. And uh, I think some driver that it installs or something makes it so only I can hear the sound effects. You can't actually hear it, which then is not nearly as funny because <laughs> you don't hear you know, Jim Carrey go. I part way through that because it was technical. And so I heard this. Yeah, you know, I have this thing on my computer. Womp, 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 womp. What's oh, that, man? Oh, oh, I have to tell you, you, you brought something up. I have to tell the story. Okay, so I'm at Biola, and I was in, like, a New Testament survey class. One of those ones where it's like um, there's, uh, you know, I don't know, 70 people in the, the auditorium. I mean, it's still Biola, right? So we don't get up to the 150, 200 people. But everybody's got to take it, and everyone's a freshman, so everyone's in this, you know, auditorium. And uh, the professor, whoever he was, I don't even remember who it was. I don't remember who any of my professors are, by the way, so don't think that's unique to this one. Um, he is just, like, reaming the class about how – no one's paying attention. And last week he was going over, you know, just the most important information you could possibly know about, I don't know, John the Baptist, right? Who knows what it was? And all, and he's wearing a lapel mic, right? Because it's a big class and he's got to wear the, the lapel mic so people can hear him. And he goes up to this, this one guy, a buddy of mine, who's uh, sitting on the aisle. And he goes, what did I say about? John the Baptist, that was, you know, whatever. I don't even remember what the question was, right? And he, he That t- is such a dangerous question to ask any student. I know this from lecturing university. Yes. They don't remember Jack. Well, and he puts the microphone right up to my buddy's face. And my buddy, like, without skipping a beat, he goes, did you say, well, want, 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 want? <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> The entire auditorium loses it. This had to have been after like 15 <laughs> minutes of the professor like chewing us out about not taking class seriously, not paying attention to him, and then, you know, icing on the cake. Oh, did you say, well, want, 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 want? It was great. I loved it. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, there are classics, man. We, uh, oh, I can't tell stories. If, if we get started telling stories about what we did to our teachers, we're going to be here a long time. It's going to really unravel fast. You know, this you is know. this is actually a true story, though. In that same New Testament survey class, um, you know, he, here well, I, Pete, I was. Pete, Pete, is this why you don't know the Bible at all? Are you kidding? I like know so much about the Bible. <laughs> Just teasing. But here's the reason why I know so much about the Bible. It's because of where I grew up, right? Growing up a pastor's kid, going to church two, three times a week. I had head knowledge of the Bible, not necessarily heart knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Big difference. Well, that, that, tell, tell them what Charlie said that we ought to do a show on. Oh, I think Charlie uh, Charlie called into the message line yesterday. He called in twice. He called in once as his hair. He goes, <laughs> did, did you listen to that one? I sent it I over did. to you. I did. He's, uh, yeah, this is not Charlie Marquez. This is Charlie Marquez's hair. And you haven't talked about me in a while, and I'm feeling a little bit neglected. But uh, he also called in another time, and he's like, you need to talk about being a redheaded pastor's kid or something like that. <laughs> so um, so I, I'm, I'm in the New Testament survey class, and I still remember this to this day. Okay, the, the teacher says, all right, one of your assignments for the, the class, for the entire you know semester is you have to read uh, the entire New Testament. And I remember thinking, is this guy out of his mind? It's huge, right? Because, you know, this is this is me. And I'm like, you know how I feel about books, right? Every time you talk to another author about some book, I'm like, dude, where's the shotgun? I need to put myself out of my misery. So I'm I'm starting another podcast where I can geek out about books. And and I think you should still have me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so 
<laughs> so um, Come on, move it along, Jones. Move it along. So at the end of the semester, we had to write on these little cards. He goes, all right, I want you to write on the card the percentage that you read of the New Testament, because that was what uh, a big chunk of our grade was based off of. And I, I probably didn't even read a single verse, knowing me, like literally knowing me at that point in my life, I probably did not read a single verse the entire semester. And I remember thinking, uh, you know, how much can I lie? <laughs> and like, literally, I wrote 85%. Oh, man. And I look back on it. and It's like, if you're going to lie about reading the Bible, why don't you just say you read it all? <laughs> like, like. I couldn't say I read it all. Like that was too far of a lie, but 85%, I can go with 85%. I don't know. I, I don't know why that was like the barrier in my mind, but, um, well, everyone else lied and said all. Well, see, probably. Yeah. Right. Everyone else is probably like, yeah. Uh, I read 98.6%. I skipped the genealogy. <laughs> I didn't read the maps. I, well, <laughs> I didn't read the maps. So anyway, um, I know uh, I, I, this is totally off the subject, but now we're back on the subject. You're trying to make Joey Roper happy again. Um, what is the subject? Okay, so uh, well, first off, I would. Gosh, man, like like five minutes ago, you made a comment about uh, spiritual warfare, and and man, the spiritual warfare with Francis was pretty. Uh, we we just got off an interview with uh, Francis Chan, right? Um, the spiritual warfare. No, I think it's that. I think it's important that everyone knows it wasn't the uh, the Francis Chan of Crazy Love. It was actually just a dude named Francis Chan. Yeah, we can't afford the real Francis Chan, so we got the fake. We found fake Francis Chan on Twitter, and we're like, well, let's get that guy. He's a Francis Chan. He's around the San Francisco area. He's in the phone book. So we called him up and said, hey, you want to be on the podcast? Because we want to tell people we got Francis Chan. But we couldn't understand a word he said because uh, he. <laughs> anyway, go on. We we had the real Francis Chan, so so we we had the real Francis Chan, and uh, he you know we've never had this before. Where uh, by the way, we have his email and phone number now, but, uh, and we're auctioning we, it off. That's a goal, and now we're ending the podcast. We have accomplished what we set out to do. So we get him on the show, right? And um, but but first off, I call his secretary, and I'm like, hey, uh, he's not on. Um, you know, we keep you know, is he has he forgotten? And uh, she goes, no, I'll call him. And she calls him. And Francis calls and goes, hey, man, I've been sitting in a in a Google Hangout for like 10 minutes. And it says it's waiting for you guys to join. We have never, ever had that. But I was keenly aware going into that that um, when it comes to sex trafficking, you guys really need to go on this webinar. Um, it will be an eye-opener for you. If you don't realize what sex trafficking does to individuals and how widespread it is, um, what it does to a person's life and the knock-on effect that it has to, to almost reaching out its tendrils to every uh, living, breathing person out there. If And you can say, oh, it only affects the males. Well, hold on a second. There's females attached to every male who gets embroiled in pornography. The devil is just, it's like his crowbar. Right where he's just ruining society with it. He's opening tight spaces with it. He's bashing the heads in of others with it. And w what I'm saying is the spiritual warfare, we've never had that happen. And it actually cut the time that we had with Francis a little bit short, only by about 10 minutes. But, um, but that was a precious 10 minutes. And I just saw the enemy taking a dig there because we've never, like Google Hangouts, so simple. But it was a ghost in the machine, and we chalked it up to spiritual warfare, especially on that topic. And I'm telling you, anybody who's gone after sex trafficking in a big way has always been brought down. Um, Satan has an elephant gun. I think he reserves it for people that kind of touch the apple of his eye. And I think the sex trade, sex trafficking, it's where he can do the most damage. If you think of what a person's, uh, how the Bible talks about your soul, being connected with your sexuality, um, you know, the, how sexual sins are different from every other sin. Um, according to Paul, uh, I'm just telling you, like, th this is it. This is the area where um, we need to be focused. So that's not a commercial for the podcast, but just when you mentioned spiritual warfare, I'm like, we have to mention that. You yeah. Know, that, that stood out to me. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that um, people, like, uh, 
that's we're, we're going to be playing that interview on a, a separate webinar um, that will probably be in August. I think um, we haven't set the exact date for when we're going to air that interview, but it'll be part of a, another webinar that we're doing. So on the 15th of July, though, we do have our webinar that we're doing with Dave Ferguson. So if you want to get on our email list to get notified of the webinar that we're going to be playing that interview with Francis Chan, you want to get on the email list for the Dave Ferguson webinar. Even if you can't make it, just go ahead and register, but that'll get you into our system and get you on the list. And uh, that webinar is going to be on church multiplication and basically how to um, hardwire your church, the, the DNA of your church, to plant out. So whether your church has only been around for a year or uh, it's in the uh, planning stages or it's, um, you know, 15, 20 years old and needs some revitalization or something like that, you're going to want to be on that webinar with Dave Ferguson and you can go to churchplanterwebinar.com and get registered. Or if you've got Church Planter Magazine on your iPhone or your iPad, um, this is something that's specific to the Apple device. Um, if you read Church Planner Magazine on your Android device, you actually won't see this in the Android device. Uh, but if you just simply open up the app that's on your, your iDevice, uh, you'll see a, a pop-up screen will come up to get you uh, over to the webinar. All you got to do is click the button. It'll take you right over, and you can just hit Join Webinar, and then it'll ask for your your name and your email and boom, put you right on the list and you're good to go. So, you know what I heard just in? Yeah. Check, please. What's that, ma'am? Check, you, please. You want me to use my iPad? <laughs> Our pets' heads keep falling off. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the, the topic, um, you know, it, oh, before we say that, just real quick, guys. If I were your church planning instructor, if you were in one of my courses, or I came to grade, let's say your final project was to plan a church, I give you an F for planning a church. I just that that you wouldn't pass my course for planting a church. You would only pass my church my course if your church planted another church. And as far as I'm con concerned, that is successful. It's multiplication. That is what the church was hardwired to do. So if we talk about individuals making disciples, that means reproducing yourself. But if your church doesn't reproduce itself, then your church is not a disciple uh, disciple or, or a disciple-making disciple. Your church is not the model of what you're asking people to do. And the church should just be an amplification of what the individual believer is because it's a bunch of believers. Does that make sense? Yep. It's not the individual B, it's the hive working together. So if your hive is not doing what the worker bee is doing, and there's something wrong with the queen bee, AKA there's something wrong with you, and you need this webinar, you need to get on and to find out how. In other words, you might be successful in planning a church, but you're a failed church plant if that church plant doesn't go beyond itself. So that's what we're trying to help you avoid. Mm. So you, on you, to the topic. Yeah, well, we'll get to the topic because I'm actually going to share something here that I read on uh, Facebook this morning from Mike Bonomo. I don't know if you saw this on there. Actually, I guess he put it on there like late last night. But um, but to me, it was like it really stood out to me. And, and maybe maybe you'll see why. So anyway, he writes this comment on Facebook. Um, I recognize a girl who I've known for a while, but is new to our church, sitting in an alley tonight with a couple of guys. So I rolled back over there to make sure everything was cool. Uh, she was supposed to be trying to check into the village last time we talked. Turns out the guy she's with is like a brother to her. He's a disabled vet. She's drinking, and they were just waiting for the dope man to come back. Um, when I parked the car next to uh, who I parked the car next to earlier, she was like, "Bro, that's my pastor, Mike." The guy I was telling you about from where they let dogs in the church. I just loved that line. Bro, that's my pastor, Mike. The guy I was telling you about from where they let dogs in the church. And anyway, you know, they went into, and then, of course, it's Mike, right? So he just, he always goes into uh, to talking about Jesus every chance he gets. And So uh, I'm, I'm at the uh, Del Mar Fair last night with the kids, right? And, uh, and the wife. And 
I, I turn around, right? I'm, I'm, remember like those blooming onions you could get at Chili's? Um, I do know them at Outback quite well. well. Okay. Yeah. That's what I mean. Whatever. So, so I, I grab one of these, you know, I'm waiting around. I turn around and some dude, he's, and he's had a couple, you know, he's, uh, his face is red and he's kind of, he's got that look like, what, bro? And, uh, I turn around and he looks like he's from the eighties, like, you know, like, like he and Doc are hopping out of the DeLorean. He's, he's a little bit dated and he looks at me and he, he just has this funny look and he goes, Hey, people just come up to you and just like start talking about Jesus. <laughs> Is that what he said? I swear to you. And I just look at him and I must've looked at him like I want to kill him. Cause he goes, <laughs> oh, it's a good thing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And, and, he, and he points and he goes, your shirt. And I look down. It's, you know, I've still got my shirt on uh, Newbury Church planning. And uh, it was just funny. And I said, yeah, man, all the time. And I kept going. But, uh, but it was funny. Uh, I thought you were going to start talking to him about Jesus. He opened the door. No, well, no. He, he, I asked him. I said, are you? Uh, that's right. I asked him. I go, are you a Christian? And he goes, I am. And I said, cool. And I kept going. <laughs> Uh, he's saved. He doesn't need me. I can go on to the no, next guy. At all. Right on. All he has to do is say, I'm a Christian. I'm like, you're sorted. <laughs> you're sorted. <laughs> yeah, but it could have been like me answering that New Testament survey question. How much of the Bible did you read? Mm, 85%. Hey, I, I think it was a cry for help, and I missed it. <laughs> it probably was. It, it was a drunken was. cry for help. I think so. The man. Holy it Spirit was got... setting you up, and you just kept on walking. Hey, he screwed up enough courage to walk over to the Bloomin' Onion stand and talk to the guy with the Newbury Church planning shirt, and I let him down! There's a Bloomin' Onion stand? Oh, dude, the Del Mar, they got everything. But, you know, nothing nothing was good there except that Bloomin' Onion, and we tried everything. Man, we ate all this crud, and uh, I walk in there, and I'm like, I just want a corn and an artichoke. That's it, right? And uh, my, my latent vegetarianism coming out, and I ended up eating the crap, you know? Like you do. So, anyways, okay. Make Joey happy. Make Joey happy. Come on. Okay. Oh, hey, Joey. Joey, this one's for you. Um, okay. So, our our topic today is kind of funny because we have talked about doing this from like early on in the podcast, and we've never done it because the podcast. If if you listen to the very beginning intro, which by the way, Pete, it's so eighties. It's dated like that drunk dude, right? Like it needs an overhaul. <laughs> I we I listen every time I'm like eh, eh. I expect like Rush Limbaugh to come on and talk about Snapple. But see, you uh, got to listen to the podcast at one and a half times speed because I have a totally different like it's totally speed metal. <laughs> it's speed punk. It's great. That's awesome. I know. I did give you a punk one. You're like, no, dude. You gave me one, and I was like, yeah, I think. Too many people are going to be totally turned off by it because it was t- it was true punk music. It was hardcore. I liked yeah. your um your jazz ones. Those ones we could have used, but they need to be longer. Yeah, yeah. They were like ten seconds, and we need at least thirty seconds. Oh, he's giving me a long one. I'll give you a long one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on on to our topic <laughs> at hand. Here's the deal. We are actually Pete Mitchell. Behave yourself. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> Go for it. By, by the way, if if you if you have if you've listened to the podcast, if <laughs> this is your first time, this will also be your last time. Of that, and we are you're sure. New to it, you're new to it. Every once in a while, Pete goes over the line, and I, as the the holier person, have to bring him back. <laughs> I didn't say anything. That's all I I'm wish saying. you had a lightning bolt. I wish you had a lightning sound effect, like on the ready. That would have been awesome. Check, please. <laughs> But here's the deal. Um, I, I, I have to always tell God, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. <laughs> but, but, but here's the deal. Really seriously, I, I realized something as I was listening to the one, the last one we were talking about where we screwed around so much. And of course, I, we might have hit a new record with this one. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, if, if you are kind of like, that's not holy enough, or the podcast is too down to earth, or they're too real, you're not cut out for church planning. You're just not. 
You know, um, the fact is church planting, successful and real actual New Testament church planting involves talking to non-believers a lot. And that is kind of the deal is once you're doing that all the time, you're talking spiritual things with people who are outside the church. Um, it, it, you're able to translate spirituality into real life. And that's what Jesus was good at. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying he was as unholy as Pete by any means. He did nowhere near as unholy as Pete. But, but here's the deal. Um, <laughs> I grew not, up Baptist. But, but here's the deal. Um, you got you to gotta kind of understand church planners are a different breed. When you're talking to a pastor, you're usually talking to a guy who's sitting in his office around staff who work for him, often kiss his butt, and you know he's talking to Christians. And I'm sorry, but Christian land gets weird, man. It's like you wouldn't, wanna, you wouldn't want to live on Main Street Disneyland all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what the church culture becomes. It's like this little utopian society where everybody says things that are acceptable, everybody this and that. And so Church Planner Podcast, you know, per- perhaps we're a bit roughneck, perhaps we're a bit, but, you know, we're on the front lines all the time. I mean, we let our dogs come to church after <laughs> all. So here's the deal. So uh, getting on to our topic. Yeah, now that we're 25 minutes in, can we actually get to the topic? Uh, I guess. Uh, maybe this one should just be Here's here. the topic. I am just going to lead us into it. The topic is we're going to actually cover our current issue of the magazine. It was just released this last week. Um, so you want to download Church Planner Magazine. It'll be on the uh, iTunes newsstand, or it will be in the uh, Google App Store, I guess they call it over there. I I'm, I'm, uh, actually don't have any Android devices, so um, I don't have this the Android actually, version. And this is our 13th issue, am I right? Yeah, this is the 13th issue, and um, we've got actually 15 issues in the app because there's two that you can uh, buy if you choose to to buy them. But, yeah, it's a free subscription, so you can um, subscribe for free and uh, and get the, the current issue. So just, you know, if, in fact, if you just Google Church Planner Magazine, we come up because we're the only one. But uh, so, churchplannermag.com, man, go there, and it'll link to it if you don't have it. So, so the, the podcast was originally to help promote the magazine. I think the podcast has taken on a life of its own where we're just constantly uh, dealing with topics that equip church planners. And we do actually get to the good stuff. But this episode is about the magazine because I was listening to Books and Culture. And that's, that is one of my favorite uh, podcasts, um, even though I'm nothing like them. And they're actually respectable. And so... Uh, this isn't us trying or attempting to be respectable. It's just a great idea because when I listen to them, they'll cover the recent issue. And I, you know, some of you guys are so busy that you may not be downloading the magazine. I'm just saying our magazine is good. It's all handpicked stuff to equip people. We had an article. I still think of it as probably one of the coolest things someone's put together. It was an article, um, not in this uh, issue, but we'll talk about this issue. But uh, is the issue before last on how to set up a 501c3. And I recently used that article um, to set up a 501c3. And I'm just telling you, these are practical, hands-on tools. It will save you a lot of time. And if you keep the back issues on your uh, personal newsstand, on your iPad or your, your tablet, I'm telling you, it is a wealth of information. So anyways, um, so to start off, Pete, I want to read uh, your publisher's note, which I thought was brilliant, brief, but it says, this may be someone's last stop before eternity. That's a quote that will forever ring in my ears. Peyton Jones, cha-ching, the manager (laughs) editor of the magazine, had said it about our church plant in Long Beach. Little did I realize how right he was. Our church plant meets in the heart of one of the poorest areas in Long Beach. Our congregation is made up of the neglected, the homeless, the outcasts, those who don't and may never have go to church. We met a man, a boy really, in the park near the church at one of our monthly barbecues. He was down and out, an addict at the end of his rope, willing and even longing to end it all. Instead, God had other plans for him. This young man had a head-on collision with Jesus Christ. Watching, Watching him worship in church was fun. You could see the peace that Christ had given him. Last week, this young man died. We were his last stop before returning. During the church service on Sunday, when the congregation found out what happened, God showed up again to use the death of that one 
that belong to him for his glory. And one of the most moving services I've ever been a part of, at least four more were saved. That's the reason that you do what you do. So keep it up. Don't burn out. Don't throw in the towel yet. Too much is at stake, church planner. I just thought that was that was awesome, man. That's what it's about is getting people before they get out. So, um, okay. So go that was, by the way, that was one of the most incredible church services. I mean, both Jamie and I were like, I, I I finally turned back at her at one point. I go, I can't take much more of this (laughs) because we're both like crying. And I'm like, you know, I'm a dude. I don't cry. I'm like, I can't take much more of this. That was powerful stuff. It was. So our first uh, article in here um, is called Filter Free Faith by Di Hanke. And uh, that is his real name. But I would I, I would say, actually, before you get to the uh, the first article, even, um, just a, a quick shout out to MoGive and also to Start Church. Yeah. If you want to know how do I accept money online, MoGive, man. They're, they're official sponsors of us. So we've got nothing but uh, at love for them, but we actually use every, them. You use every them. church planner, every church planner in New Breed is signed up with MoGive, and I didn't make them. It's just a, it's something I believe in. If someone gives $10,000, they're going to pay the same fee. They're not going to pay a percentage, and so it just keeps it, keeps it reasonable. And then um, Start Church, for everybody that's got to do all that legal paperwork, they will do it all for you, and they're giving out a, a free ebook. So, you know, you go on there, you uh, tap their download today button and um, and get their ebook, man. I mean, support the guys that support us because that's how we're able to do everything for free for you guys. So, you know, support those guys. And and sequence is their free ebook. It is a free ebook about how to start a church from start to finish. Now, it's not going to tell you um, uh, some of the same information we're getting on here. It's a stuff that, that no church planner is really good at, right? Unless he's a nerd and it walks you through all of the, the paperwork, all the red tape, all the legalese, and it is a handy, handy tool. So it's called sequence. It's good stuff. And it has some of the, some of the gravy as well in there, but, uh, that's but the free download, of, right? Yeah, it's free download, and that you just tap it on the iPad. The cool thing about being a magazine like ours is everything that we're telling you, you just touch it with your finger, boom, you're there. Cool. Now you can go on to day, day, day. I can't even say die. Die. By the way, if if you don't know this, die is a nickname for Dave. So in the Welsh culture, instead of calling someone Dave, you say die, right? And uh, so die, Hanky. Um, Hanky's his real last name. Um, I I had no end of fun playing him, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo over his cell phone when I lived there <laughs> on his answer machine. And I uh, used to always play that for him. Uh, <laughs> sometimes he's corny, sometimes he's nutty. I never even watched that show. I just knew of the character from Google. All the respectable people right now who are listening to this are like, I have no, he just said Christmas poo and I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, don't don't go there. But anyways, there was a, I saw an action figure. He's like seven inches tall the other day at Toys R Us. And I, I wished I was in the UK because I would have mailed it to him. But here's the deal. Um, so he wrote one called Filter Free Faith. And it was what we were talking about earlier. And that is being real, being the real you. We live in a culture right now. And what's happening is um, hypocrisy is just massive where I can go online and I can I can promote myself as being the most holy spiritual guy because it's a front. And so Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, all that is is. A, an effrontery in some ways. And so what uh, Dai does, it, Dai actually went off Twitter because he felt it was his whole image was taking over and Twitter is becoming an idol and what people thought of him was so important. So he fasted off Twitter for a year and he's recently come back. And this is kind of him, you know, assessing, uh, you know, what, what this filter that we put up, you know, between us and, you know, the real us and, and people. And, and the public. So uh, it's about not allowing your public persona to, and, and in ministry, this is important, but everyone's getting a taste of this now with Facebook and Twitter being real, being the real you. And, uh, you know, which, that, yeah, I, I don't know if you saw, but there was a video making its way around faith, <laughs> Facebook of all places, uh, this last week that someone put together a short movie and, um, basically was showing how social media is just a big lie. Cause the guy is like, like he gets fired 
So, you know, what does he write on Facebook? I've decided to travel. <laughs> I'm done working, you know, and everyone's like, oh, you know, 16 likes. Well, that's great. You know, and hooray, and I'm single again. And, you know, really, he's heartbroken that he just broke up with a chick. And, like, it just keeps going on how fake Facebook is and how yeah. that's, you know, we're out to get the likes and people to share our posts. And, and we're not really saying, you know what, man, I just got kicked in the gut and life sucks yeah. right now. Yeah. And then yeah. when you do see that from people, I mean, you're like, you know, if you're like me, you're like, suck it up, man. <laughs> so, I mean, on Facebook. yeah, it's just, no, it's interesting. It's interesting. It is. And, and so we need that because hypocrisy is, is hardwired into each of us. Now, the next one is 10 life lessons from a Navy SEAL from Admiral William H. McRaven. Now, this was a speech that he gave. And the, the reality is, like, we've had other Navy SEALs. Obviously, Charlie Marquez, a uh, guy that planted Long Beach with me, he's now planted in Whittier. He was a Navy SEAL tech. And so he's rich. Which is not really a Navy SEAL, stuff. and he would want that to be clear. Absolutely. He was Navy not a Navy SEAL. SEAL. He worked with the Navy SEALs. That's right. He was, he was kind of, it's kind of like being a caddy to them, I think. If they're the golf pro, you're the guy that carries the equipment and gets it all ready. <laughs> he's the caddy. And I, I think. I th- I'm, I'm, but it's still, that's impressive because they go through a lot of the training that uh, the SEALs do. So it's pretty cool because they got to get into tight spots as well. But anyways, um, so it's 10 life lessons from a Navy SEAL. And, uh, you know, the um, uh, it, it's just killer. Like we had, um, we had uh, Chad Williams, um, author of SEAL God. He used to be one of my, uh, my youth, my youth group. And he joined the Navy SEALs and he wrote a book. He Worked for uh, Ray Comfort and then Greg Laurie, so evangelism is his deal. Um, he he will liken uh, church planning to special forces a lot, and it is. It's like the commando uh, branch of, of of ministry. And um, so, anyways, that's a great one. Ten life lessons from a Navy SEAL, and uh, definitely should be checking that one out. Next one is "Who Will Go" by Charles Spurgeon. Um, Charles Spurgeon should need no uh, introduction. Um, and and just to, to kind of tell you, the theme, the overarching theme of this magazine, this issue, is um, not giving up. We've got a, a, the cover picture is great. It's a, a picture of, of someone losing their grip on a handhold climbing a rock wall. Uh, it's just got the fingers and they're starting to slip. And uh, it's, you know, it's hanging there when discouragement comes. And so, uh, you know, all these, all these articles are kind of about like when you're guarding, uh, the real you, when you're just being yourself, that's one of the keys being real before you and God, um, being aware of your limitations, not trying to be something you're not. That's the best armor you can wear. And the, the Navy SEALs advice is, is stuff about being tough and what really matters and your priorities. So much of hanging in there is internal and not external. Right, it's having the right motives, the right viewpoint. Um, endurance comes from that. The strength that comes comes from mental strength, and uh, so you know that's kind of the theme. And so our next article is by Josh S. Lewis, Church Planner Burnout, and it's to loathe ministry. And uh, by the way, I will just say this: I love the way Ben's does some of our graphics in the layout because the uh, Who Will Go by Charles Spurgeon. I love how the picture starts on one page and then flows seamlessly over to the next page. That's just cool. That is awesome. That is awesome. I love it when yeah. he does that. And that, that uh, took me a while to know that our magazine actually <laughs> actually did that because I was I was I was turning the page, not realizing. But when you when you flick on the screen um, with your finger, yeah, it, it's it could be one continual image. So and that just so people know. Um, if you've got like if you read this on an iPhone, it defaults to what's called the text only version. So you'll have no idea what we're talking about. You can still see the full graphic version like a regular magazine, but you got to tap the home screen and select the iPad. Um, Androids and iPads just default automatically to uh, to the really cool looking one. So anyhow, go on. Well, and then and then the next the next article is called the Southern Baptist Millennial Problem. Oh, the burnout article, by the way, is good. Um, Josh Lewis, uh, is, is, I mean, his writing in that was just incredible and he covers burnout. I would say that that thing's like a little tome. It's a feature length article. 
Um, if you're facing burnout, and as church planners, just so you guys know, we are more liable to burnout um, probably than than anybody because at the end of the day, you you don't have security, um, you don't have money, you don't have funds. You're worried about things. You're bivocational. You're being pulled apart. Often there is an immense amount of work because you don't have a staff and there can seem like there is very little reward. And so burnout um, for a church planner is huge. And so, you know, it, it takes faith to plan a church, um, but, but it, it really takes faith over a sustained period of time. And that's, that's kind of why burnout comes because you might do well for a year and in the second year of your church plant, um, you just start dying. And uh, so Southern Baptist millennial problem. We got to move along because we're almost out of time. We screwed around too much again. But uh, we got Trevin Wax and I get his um, blog in my inbox. Uh, eventually, I want to do something. All the people who helped me because I learned tons from Trevin and uh, he's a he's a really good dude. Um, our pictures on that are hilarious. There's all these what we call in British chavs or yabs, which are uh you know, just street thugs, and they're getting busted by the cops, and we've got a lot of imagery in there about uh, revolution because it's a Southern Baptist millennial problem, what they're doing to address. They're, they're losing the youth. People are starting to wake up to what I said in Church Zero a number of years ago. Cha-ching! And, uh, and then we got a letter from John Newton on controversy. These are all things that sap your strength. Right, the fact that you know the mission field's so vast and we're not doing enough. I mean, all every article was chosen around this theme. A letter on controversy. You know how it is, where you know you get into it with somebody and it sucks maybe one, two, three days, and and it's all you think about, and uh, and it just it it takes it out of you. One of the church planners that I lean on, one of my friends, who uh, you know whenever I'm going through it, I I call him. Um, he has been embroiled in a nasty situation uh, for months, and when I call him, he's burnt out. And I'm and I asked him. I said, what, what, "You know, where are you at, man? Like, how are you doing in all this?" He's like, "I want to quit. I'm done. I'm I'm making plans right now for my resignation. Within six months, I'll be out of here." And I I just said to him, "Dude, don't. That's cool if you want to start like you know a backup plan and you know always team leadership, always have guys there, but." You know, not yet, man. Not not in a time like this. You move on in a time where things are good, not when things are bad. And so a letter on controversy, that's always a, a, a strength sapper. We've got an article on missional insurance, which is a way to do insurance that may, uh, you know, help you financially as that's a drain. Our next article is why your staff meetings stink and what to do about it. So in this article, it's by Michael, and I'm going to try to say it. It's uh, Luka Zwuski, and I know I butchered it. So, Michael, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> but it started with an annual retreat. That, that's his first point, right? Here's what he did is he took a two-tiered um, system where, you know how, like, your, your staff meetings end up getting bogged down and just, like, admin? And they're not spiritual. They're not good. And nobody really connects. And so what he did is he, he started a way where he, he takes them away on an annual retreat and they seek God together. And he just talks about how, look, you know, this, um, we, you know, we, uh, we set quarterly, you know, quarterly agendas and blah, blah, blah. And he just, if you're not used to running meetings, um, this article is going to really help you, right? But the cool thing about Michael's article, is that if you are used to running meetings, he's going to tell you how to do it spiritually and how to keep your spiritual focus and to ensure that your meetings don't become repetitive and just a way of dealing with admin. I mean, it really, he will tell you how to transform it into a spiritual dynamic force in your leadership team. Yeah, that was a good one. I dug it. So uh, another, this this is a, uh, looks like we got a, a Zulon press ad in it as well. Um, yeah, you know, one planners. thing I, I'll say about Zulon is, um, you know, if you're thinking about doing self-publishing, and by the way, um, what's his name? Sean Lovejoy has got a video on that uh, page, his endorsement of um, Zulon. But it's a way that if you don't have a big publisher, and you know this about me, Peyton, I'm not a believer in big publishers. It's probably because I have my own publishing company. 
I've had it since 2004. Self-publishing a book, I think, is one of the best ways to just get your stuff out there. And if you're using it as a, an income resource, um, certainly just self-publishing and getting it out. And Zulon's a great company to do that. And again, you know, we like to uh, endorse our our guys who are sponsoring the magazine because without them, we couldn't we couldn't do this magazine. So, Heck yeah. If you're on yeah. the on the fence, use them. At least fill out their well, form. Let them know that you were on the magazine by filling out the form. There you go. There you go. And so, hey, here's the deal. Uh, if you go on that ad, the, the the thing that ought to really stick out to you is it says, get your, your free publishing guide. So if you're new to this and you're like, dude, what would I publish? Or, you know, maybe you've had a book idea. They will allow you to kind of download, you know, the basics so you can learn the ropes. And it's free. It's a publishing guide, kind of walks you through everything, what you'd have to do. And it'll help you kind of budget your future, like, am I going to do this or not? So it'll give you all the practical tools. So moving on from that, um, the next article is called The Real Reason That Leaders Don't Accomplish Anything Significant. So again, our theme, you know, kind of hang in there, you know, it, when you want it, when it, when discouragement comes, um, a lot of leaders feel like, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like going into an auto body, you know, shop and you know, you, you see the, you see the fixed fender, you know, you see the car that the crumpled dents out of the door. Um, what, what you're dealing with in ministry, it's not often tangible. It's not measurable. Um, you have no way sometimes of knowing what you've accomplished at, at the end of a day, even, you know, even if you're just all day evangelizing, Hey, Paul likened that to, to sowing and watering and reaping, and you don't know what's going on. I mean, the harvest is easy, right? That's where we consider we got a result. But a lot of times it's that sowing, that watering. And this is, and I'm going to butcher his name too, but it's Kerry uh, Nywolf. Um, yeah, I'm seeing him all over the, the place. On I like, think in order to get in our magazine, you have to have a name that uh, typically Americans can't pronounce. So that's yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, not like Jones. Not like Jones or Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. We love you guys. You know, we we purposely named ourselves that. Uh, my 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 uh, real name is uh, Gohorshinovich. Not funny. Yeah, I tried. I no, tried, yeah. but uh, just made it Jones. Cut that out too. Then it's not funny that I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. You got uh, you you got the real reason that leaders don't accomplish anything significant, and uh, that that one was awesome too. Because what he talks about a lot in that is fear. Um, that's one of the that's one of the key things is we're afraid of criticism, and so fear uh, actually is something that can hold you back more than just about uh, anything else. The old saying that uh, you can't fail if you don't start. Right? People are so afraid of failing that they often don't start. And so most of what's worthwhile in ministry comes through, uh, comes through risk. And we're afraid of risk, and so we don't risk. Um, next article is we are starting in the, right, uh, in the wrong place. John Heitbrink is uh, with um, uh, InterVarsity, and he often writes on releasetheape.com. And his article is awesome. I mean, it's got diagrams. Um, it, it, it basically talks about the, the five shifts that we need to make uh, if we're going to become multiplication movements. And, uh, and the next article is by Kathleen Ward. It's short, but it's powerful, and it's called Are Circles Better Than Rows? And hey, i got to ask you on that. The, um, I, I really like the cover article image, I guess you would call it. Did um did they give that to us or did Ben's create that our graphic layout guy? Our circles better than rows. Yeah, that that title page. Yeah, no, he made that. Wow, man, that's a good. I like that graphic. Yeah, he's he's getting really good, man. I mean, he's always done pretty good, but uh, that's because I keep threatening to fire him. I'm like, Ben's, <laughs> come on, come on. It's, it's very effective. <laughs> so now the the cool thing is our uh, our next author. His name is basically the root <laughs> of Darth Vader, right? Vaters. Um, Carl Vaters, which, you know, obviously is Germanic in origin, but, uh, but, you know, I. Are you related like, to Darth? 
He's my cousin. You know what's really funny about this, though, is I'm pretty sure that Kirk, uh, uh, oh, Kirk Blake, the guy that we had on um, talking about like the ECCU, right? Um, the, remember that guy? Yep. So, so I'm pretty sure that this is his father-in-law. So that is just really cool. Imagine the fun he can have with that. Yeah, the uh, the article, is your church stuck or just small? I thought that was a really good one because, um, you know, one of the things that he brings up is all the conferences he's going to and, you know, basically everyone's saying that if your church is small, it's it's not growing, it's, it's um, you know, all that type of stuff. And he's just like, no, that's that's... That's not the right way to look at it. And I, I thought it was a really good article. I enjoyed it. It is. You know, I got a I got a call um from a, a, a church pastor who said, you know, we um we we're about thirty five, forty people, we meet in the house and he, he laid everything out about what they're doing. And he said to me that, you know, um we just can't seem to get any traction and um you know we're we're doing this well, we're doing that well. And I said the first thing you need to do is to change your mindset. Um, you need to to realize because I, I felt like the spirit was telling me, don't try to fix him. He's doing everything well, and and I really felt after talking to him, he was doing like almost everything I would have told him to do. But I just don't think it's in the cards for him to become a mega. And he didn't think that either. What he was more concerned about is he said, look, we're seeing people come to Christ. Um, but what happens is we lose them after a year or two. And so obviously there's other internal issues. And, and so I was able to talk to him a little bit about that. But when he was first talking, I said, look, um, it sounds like you're, you're a small church and you are a good small church. And I told him, I feel the Lord's telling me not to fix you on this. Um, and, and what I told him is, you know, your people, because he, he started to mention some of the issues he was having with people. And I told him, this is the key to make sure that your people, how they, I think the first place you need to start is making sure that their perception of the church is accurate. Number one, that they don't feel like they are a failed big church. In other words, they're a church struggling to make it big and failing. So in other words, they're a failed big church. What they need to understand is they are a successful small church and they need to major on the things that successful small churches do, which is community. And obviously um, that as they focus on the community aspect and less on uh, the outreach, our outreach is awesome because they have people in their fellowship that are very, very gifted at outreach, um, just interpersonal outreach, uh, one-to-one stuff. And so I said, look, you know, the, your thing is community. And that's what, that's what Carl's hitting on. He uh, is the author of The Grasshopper Myth. Um, which is a book that was highly, highly recommended, which put him on my radar. So that's on my reading list. But anyways, that is his uh, blog. You can check him out at www.smallchurch.com. And, of course, there's a link to that from our site. Next one, and I'm not allowed to talk about my wife being hot. And You know, I, I once put in uh, uh, the magazine, I thought it was a great tagline that she's the trophy wife of Peyton Jones. That was not appreciated. You put right? that in Church Planner magazine? I did. Oh, wow, man. I got to go. What issue do you know? Uh, no, but we can change it. Can we change it? No. <laughs> oh, you want to go look at it? Yes. The, the, the funny thing is, is to a guy. I want to Facebook really that. Funny. Are you kidding me? No, please don't. Please don't. Because I'd like to ask our guests to please Facebook that you do it by tapping the screen <laughs> and in the top right corner, you select Facebook no, we, and you let you draw a little circle great. over it and then Facebook it and tag Peyton and Andrea in it. No, no, we, so it'll we go want viral. Me to stay married. We want me to stay married. Hey, Here's I want to push your marriage to the limit, man. I want to see just what are you guys made of? <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Um, so I put that, and uh, so I have to be careful with my introductions for my wife because um, I thought that was an awesome compliment because she is, you know, she's, I think she's pretty and all that and saying she's a trophy wife. You know, it's good, but uh, from from a female, not so much. From her point of view, no, not so much. So my wife is Andrea Jones. She is my wife. 
And uh, but she's also a church planner, and she is a writer and an adopter of babies. And uh, anyway, she wrote an article called "There Is No Them," taken from the U2 song "Invisible," and uh, and it compares uh, adoption to church planting. And um, you know, sometimes you you look at your church plant, and it doesn't have any of the things that uh, you know a, a, an established church would have. Like you walk into a establishment, you're like, "Oh, check out this building! Oh, check out this this pump in ministry! Check this out!" And, you know, who couldn't love a church like that? That's what people think, right? Same with, like, adoption. People look at adoption as if, you know, you either have, like, a guy like our, our guest that we interviewed today, Greg Nettle, where, you know, he gets it. If you've adopted, you get it, man. It is just a powerful, powerful thing. And I would say that the the bond for an adopted child could could be stronger. And Andrew makes the point that our relationship to God is like into adoption, and there probably won't be a stronger bond. And so the, the reality is you look at this church plant and I can honestly say of Long Beach that it's, it's the church that on the outside might be very unimpressive by the people we have there. Um, they're the down and outs, the dregs, um, those that are overlooked, those that have fallen through the cracks uh, of the religious circles. And um, we, uh, you know, we get to, to minister. The church isn't massive. It doesn't have a lot of the toys or gizmos. But I can honestly say I love that church uh, with a passion. And so that's kind of what it's about is it, it likens that this this unexplainable bond and attachment that you have um, for your church plant. And uh, the next one is from Catherine Dunn. And this is our one of our sponsors from Mops. And we we kind of, uh, you know, understood that, look, you know, if you're going to reach uh, the community. Kids need to be a priority. Kids are people's number one priority. They're kids. And so uh, we recently invited Mops to write a monthly article because they are missionaries to children. And I got to say, like, you know this, Pete. You know, I was a bit skeptical at first. Like, are they going to be able to write a good article? I have to honestly say this is one of the best articles in the entire magazine. Mm. I'm a convert. I actually haven't read the article yet, so I got to read it. I it, read that it is, it is, uh, this Catherine Dunn, I don't know her. I didn't recruit her. White Tyrone got her. But uh, every doorway, every intersection has a story. This was a cracking article, and I'll just let you read it. Um, we need to get more of our planners familiar with um, children's ministry because uh, as we interviewed Greg Nettle, he pointed out that, look, you know, most kids, uh, most of the kids, uh, you know, uh, 4 to 14 85 percent of Christians um, make their decision when they're in between four and 14. Um, they convert to, to to following Christ, and so he said, if you want to change the world through church planning, you do it through reaching kids, and uh, that that was powerful. That you know? was, and so, and that'll be on Wednesday's uh, podcast because people don't know what we're talking about there. But that'll be coming out on Wednesday. That interview. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got a video from Di Hanke, my uh, brother from another mother. He's he's a Welsh guy. He starts off. We talked about his uh, article, and he's just got like a little one-minute thing he put together for Acts 29 called Don't Quit. And that's how we end. We got a finger pointing in your face. And it's a really uh, good video, too, by the way. It is. It is. And it's, he's got a finger pointing in your face, and he's telling you don't quit. So if you uh, if you want to know where I got my theology of, of, of hardness from, uh, church planting is hard. Uh, Di and I kind of together uh, when we were planting and getting the crud kicked out of us in Wales, where it's very, very tough. He and I kind of developed the uh, uh, the courtesy of letting new, all you know, hot and bothered, wet behind the ears church planters know this is going to kick your butt. And so we just end a finger point in your face. Don't quit. Don't give up. And uh, was that, I thought that was you going. Do you hear my dogs in the background? I do. Dude, who knows why they're going off? It drives me up the wall. Well, they're upset that this is the end of the uh, podcast. They're like, they haven't heard us in a while. We need to bark. Hey, my train's going by. It's like the aligning of the planets. I love it. Constellations. I love Venus it. Venus is in the seventh house. Sun is aligned with Jupiter. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and kick it off then and say goodbye. Cool. Are you going to sing this one? No, I um I don't uh, I don't do the uh, closing to praise music. So, no. 
Well, I uh, okay, but before uh, you have to know this, before we got on the podcast, today, <laughs> Pete and I kicked off by singing. It was awesome. We had like a regular sing fest. What were we doing? I don't even remember now. That was like two hours ago. It was twice, and you initiated both of them, which kind of blew me away because they start off and <laughs> I just remember the one where I'm going ba 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 ba. You're just dying because you started off, and I don't think you're ready for it. So. I don't remember. Good times. Well, hey, this has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you to get your butt down to the newsstand and pick up the latest copy of Church Planner Magazine and uh, shock your socks off, man. So uh, check it out. It's free. It's new. And uh, it's for you. So this has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you if you want to reach ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.